Hey, hey! Welcome to episode 76 of the Authors Read podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is J.A. Curtis, and she'll read from her book, Lies of the Haven, Fairy Warriors, Book One. Hi, my name is J.A. Curtis, and I will be reading excerpts from Lies of the Haven, Fairy Warriors, Book One, which is a young adult urban fantasy novel. Chapter One. Nana's house is destroyed by a dragon. What are you doing? I slammed the car door and stalked up the driveway. This is her home. A part of me knew I should thank my ride for dropping me off before she drove away, but all thoughts of politeness had been driven to the back of my brain by my parents' treachery. I stopped in the grass of Nana's front yard, dressed in my soccer uniform, hands clenched, soccer gear slung over my shoulder. Corbin sat a little ways off on the other side of the driveway, tinkering with some gadget. Dad's placating eyes turned on me. Now, Mina, you had to know this was coming. All that time and money fixing it up. What did you think we were doing? Mom asked. My stomach churned. I had thought they were fixing the house up so it would be safe for Nana to come home. But the sign being erected in the front yard meant the complete opposite. Nana was never coming home. A heat rose in my cheeks. You, you're just going to leave her there? She hates it. She didn't even want to go in the first place. You forced her. Mom's face closed off and she turned away. Dad laid a hand on her shoulder. We're doing what's best for her. It was the same excuse they had used to force her out in the first place. But Nana knew. She said this would happen. The sign in the yard swayed back and forth in the wind. She'd be devastated. I threw my gear down onto the grass. What's best is to let her come home. I bolted down the driveway away from Nana's home, the sign, everything. My parents' calls echoed behind me. I opened the door to the first pair of partygoers. One boy wore suspenders and reeked of cologne. The girl behind them wore Coke bottle glasses that covered about half her face. Oh good, is this the right place? I was worried because there was a for sale sign out front and I tried not to let my plastered on smile crack. Yep, this is the place. Thanks, you're awesome. My eyes avoided the sign and I banged the door shut. More kids showed up for a grand total of six people. The warm night air and table full of brownies and Mountain Dew drew them to the backyard where they mingled. I frowned. None of these kids looked like hard party-goers. Still, Chris said she was coming and I could count on her. If I waited by the door long enough, she'd show. Another knock came at the door. Welcome to my party. A boy sporting a sleeveless leather top waited, his arms crossed in some sort of bouncer pose. Dark hair graced his shoulders, half raised in a man bun. A huge, blood-red dragon tattoo twisted along his whole upper left arm. He attempted a smile, but it didn't fit with the ensemble and came across more like a leer. Close the door. But perhaps this kid would liven the party. At this point, I couldn't be very picky about my guests. Come in, party is out back. Thank you, Mina. I kept Taz on his movements towards the back of the house when another knock came at the door. Again, I swung the door open. This time, a girl wore a leather top without sleeves. Her hair, shaved sides, and spiked top with long tips told me she meant business. A large tattoo of a man with a sword covering her right arm. She leaned from side to side as she peered around me into the house. Her hand fluttered at her waist. From her warrior look, I expected more of an angry glare. Mina? That's me. Who are these people? Friends of a friend? I couldn't imagine any of the kids here having these kinds of friends. But who was I to judge? She crossed the threshold. Did a boy come in here with a dragon on his arm? He's already out back. Her eyes narrowed and she advanced toward the back of the house. 
I'd have to keep an eye on both of them. My phone buzzed in my pocket. The text was from Chris. Running late, Mom make me drop stupid sister off at slumber party on the other side of town. Be there in like an hour. I texted Chris back. No probs, but for reals, hurry. I pocketed my phone and trudged into the backyard. Me and my eight guests gathered outside around an empty fire pit. Some nibbled on brownies snatched from the refreshment table nearby. The boy and girl with the tattoos laid claim on opposite sides of the pit, shooting death glares at one another. They kept drawing my gaze. I dropped the bag of balloons next to my feet and cleared my throat. All right, everyone. Welcome to my party. We've got target practice in the family room, wood carving in the kitchen, any surfaces up for grabs, including floors, cabinets, walls. There's also spray paint for mural painting in the bathroom and indoor hockey in the living room. My eight guests stared at me. Nobody moved. These activities, one girl said, her hands up using actual air quotes, sound a lot like vandalism. If you own the house, it's not vandalism. I wasn't sure who owned the house at this point, but my parents were the ones selling it, so... Close enough. Yeah, this isn't like you, a boy joined in. I squinted at him. Whatever. Do what you want. I brushed past them into the house, through the family room, ignoring the stench of fresh carpet, past the kitchen with a gaudy new cabinetry, and into the bathroom harboring glaringly white tile, all paid for by my parents a week after forcing Nana out. I grasped a bottle of midnight black spray paint. Was this a smart idea? Probably not. I definitely wasn't setting a good example for my little brother Corbin, but if Nana was starting to lose her memory like my parents claimed, then forcing her away from everything she'd ever known and selling the house she loved out from under her was particularly cruel. I ran my finger onto the nozzle. The boy with the dragon tattoo stood outside the bathroom watching me. I stopped spraying, but he moved down the hallway to the bedrooms. I'd just check on him. Destroy the house fine, but he'd better not touch any of Nana's things that had been boxed and stored in a bedroom off the hall. I flipped the light switch to announce my presence. The door to the room storing Nana's things stood ajar. I had shut it with a keep-out sign before I let anyone into the house. Like Nana owned anything a teenage boy might want to steal. I charged in among the boxes. Hey kid, can't you read? The sign says keep out. The small room shuddered as the door slammed. I spun around. The boy leaned on the shut door, his green eyes calculating. Who are you? The depth in his eyes stopped me. Still, the question struck me as unfair. Who am I? Who are you? I threw back, with as much attitude as I could muster. Perhaps I didn't know what to do, but I wouldn't show him. He stepped closer, his eyes held mine. I drew back. The corner of a box jabbed into my hip. Rattled, I thought I saw the tattoo stuck to the boy's shoulder almost come alive. A pulsing threat flowed from the blood-red scales. Are you her, the one we've all been searching for? Or are you merely her lap dog? He came even closer. A tightness tugged on my chest. Don't know what you're talking about. My eyes lingered on the tattoo. Let's just go back to the party. He grabbed my arm above the elbow with his tattooed arm. A scream rose in my throat. You need to come with me, he said. The door to the room burst open and I jumped, somehow holding in my scream. Good. Let someone else be here. Let anyone else be here. The boy holding my arm smiled down at me without glancing toward the door. Hello, Tilly. A little late to the party. The girl with the spiked hair stood in the doorway. I saw the tattoo of the warrior man on her arm and my hope shriveled. Were these two together? Release her, Dramian, Tilly said. Dramian shook his head. Leave here. Tell them you were too late. There's no reason to risk yourself in a fight all alone. I'm warning you. Leave Mina alone. Tilly's muscles coiled. The tattoo on her own arm began to shimmer and curl. I held my breath. Dramian released my arm and faced Tilly. His tattoo rippled across his bicep. Tilly backed out of the room and Dramian followed her, glaring into each other's eyes like two ravenous dogs about to brawl over a large steak. 
I rushed to the doorway, expecting to see Dramian and Tilly on the ground throwing fists. With luck, I'd slipped past them to the safety of the party. But what I saw in the hallway stopped me cold. Sharp, angry teeth and a long snout greeted me. The light reflected off blood-red scales. A wall of hot, steaming breath blasted me and sent my hair flying. It bottled neck the hallway, wings trapped against the ceiling. On the other side of the hall loomed a giant warrior no longer attached to Tilly's arm. His helm brushed the light fixture and his dark armored arm pointed a large, nasty sword at the coiled dragon. I stood there frozen. This was impossible. Mina, go back in the room, Tilly ordered. Stay out of the way. The dragon attacked, or at least tried to. Its scales tore along the walls, shredding the flowered wallpaper. It hissed and twisted. The wood paneling bulged with a cracking grumble, and I lunged into the room. I threw trembling arms over my head as plaster and wood rained down. Fire burst from the dragon's jaws. The heat pricked my face and arms. I shook dust and plaster from my hair. My panicked eyes hunted for the one solitary window sitting at the back of the room. Nana's boxes packed up against it. There. I tuned out whatever horror played out in the hall and climbed up on the nearest box, praying it would hold my weight. I scrambled onto a higher stack, and my right foot slammed down into a box that hadn't been filled. The delicate china inside shattered. The box tipped, and my desperate fingers grasped another box, but it came with me. I lurched forward, using my whole weight. Shards of china gouged my leg as I pulled free. The wound throbbed, but I focused on reaching the window. Wiser now, I tested the next boxes before putting my full weight on them. The feel of warm blood trickled down my leg, but I didn't allow myself to check the pain. Not until I was safe. Ignore the pain. I shoved the boxes blocking the window out of the way and clawed out the old stick holding the window shut, pushing the window open. Cool air struck me, and I breathed deeply. Fire from the dragon's attack had filled the room with choking smoke. Sounds of the fight in the hallway continued. I pulled through the window and landed on the soft-tilled dirt of Nana's garden, my injured leg collapsing under me and throwing me down onto the ground. Made it. Smoke poured from the window, and I heard the sounds of Nana's house being demolished by two mysterious strangers and their giant pet monsters. "'Hey, Mina, what's going on?' a voice demanded. I turned to face about half a dozen curious faces. My party. I had barely escaped. That meant these kids were in danger. My eyes took in my guests, and I did a quick head count. Six. Good. They were all here. The party's over.' I ignored the sharp stab in my now bloody leg and staggered to my feet. You need to leave now. Go through the side gate. A couple of kids nodded and took the cue to leave. Others looked about to protest. A ball of flame exploded through the wall to my right, less than ten feet from us. Burning boards flipped end over end through the air. Kids screamed. Others dove to the ground. Less than five seconds later, they were all up and running for the gate. I limped over to the refreshment table by the fire pit and grabbed some napkins, pressing them to the wound. My free hand fumbled in my jacket pocket for my cell phone. Well, if I wanted Nana's house demolished, then the night was a success. Two boys about my age appeared out of the smoke. One was tall, lean, and muscular, his dark hair streaked with blonde highlights and hung forward into the side over his forehead. The other boy looked shorter, with natural blonde hair and light eyes. They wore the same strange clothes as the two kids tearing apart Nana's house, complete with monster tattoos on their arms. Calm, help Mina, the tall boy said without glancing at me. His jaw squared and he charged toward the charred hole in the side of the burning house. He stopped in his tracks when the dragon burst out of the same opening. Wrapped in the dragon's tail struggled the swordsman, pushing and twisting to no avail, his sword nowhere to be seen. Dramian stepped out, dragging Tilly behind him. He flung her down on the ground in front of him. She struggled to push herself up on shaking arms. I didn't know this, Tilly girl, but she had protected me from the dangerous dragon boy. Was she okay? 
The tall boy's body hardened, his hands clenched at his side. Stand down, Dramian, you're outnumbered. Hello, Mina, my name is Kelm. The blonde boy's calm voice startled me from the action. I'm here to help. You won't be needing that. He pried the cell phone from my hands. I was so out of it, I let the phone go without a fight. You stand down, Arya, Dramian said, or Tilly here will fall. The dragon's hold on the warrior man tightened, Tilly groaned. If you make Tilly fall, you will fall next, Arya said. Dramian smiled. Then we understand each other. There, all better, Kelm said. I glanced at the boy. I had forgotten he hovered right next to me. He removed the napkins from my wounded leg and pulled blood-covered hands away from my wound. How dare he touch me? Let me leave with the girl, and you will get Tilly back in one piece, Dramian said. That's not going to happen, Arya said. Then we have nothing left to discuss. Another tattooed girl dressed in warrior clothes came running up behind Arius. Tilly? Tilly, no! she cried as Dramian's dragon dropped the giant warrior in the grass and released a direct blast of fire over him. Goodbye, Thea, Tilly called before she collapsed motionless on the grass. I watched, unable to look away from the horrible scene playing out in front of me. Had Tilly just died? How could you? Thea yelled. I wasn't sure if she directed it at Arius or Dramian, but the tattoo on both Arius and Thea's arms came to life. Arius's monster unfolded taller than Nana's house, entirely made of stone, towering above everything in sight. It looked like it could step on Dramian's dragon and crush him to bits. Thea's tattoo was a female version of Tilly's, a warrior woman, except this woman had wings and carried a bow and arrow instead of a sword. Dramian grinned. He jumped back and swung his legs over his head, performing a sideways somersault onto his dragon's back. The dragon took flight, and Dramian ran up the ridge of the dragon's back until he sat down, straddling its neck. The rock monster swung its massive arms, and the woman with wings flew forward, but the dragon easily maneuvered between their attacks and up into the night sky. Thea's fairy woman rose into the air and took aim with her bow and arrow. Her fingers let go, and she fired a streak of light across the sky. The dragon veered out of the way at the last second. I'm going after him, Thea said. No, Thea, you can't. We need your help here, Arya said. You can't stop me. I stared at Tilly's unmoving body, laying in the grass of Nana's backyard, uncomprehending. Mina, we need to leave. Kelm reached for my arm, having wiped my blood on some napkins to clean his hands. I stumbled back, placing more weight on my injured leg than intended, yet no pain shot up the limb. I touched my leg, but other than a few smears of blood, there was no sign of a cut. What did you do? Kelm shrugged as if it were nothing. I healed you. My head started to spin. The simple admission broke my last thread clinging to sanity for the evening. Who are you? What is... Why are you fighting over me? Thea and Arius stopped shouting. Arius looked at me, then turned toward Thea. Her eyes flashed as she stomped forward, and I retreated from her approach. Don't touch me! I shrank back like a cornered animal. Mina, Thea growled, we are friends. We will not hurt you. The way she spoke sounded angry and harsh, but for some reason a calmness rushed over me. Friends. My friends wouldn't hurt me. Everything would be all right. Will you take me home? We will take you where you will be safe, Thea's voice broke a little. Home. They take me home because they were my friends. I smiled, the terror of the evening forgotten by Thea's reassurance. Kelm led me out the side gate and down Nana's front lawn. The wail of sirens floated over the night air. Kelm opened the back passenger door to a silver sedan. Thea settled next to me inside the warm safety of the back seat. She pulled her legs against her chest and buried her face in her knees. Arius started up the car. Relax now. Go to sleep, and we will be there in no time. Thea's voice came muffled, and she sniffed. The heat of the car wrapped around me, resistance seeped from my body, and I snuggled deeper into my seat. I could go to sleep now, and when I woke up, I'd be safe. I'd be home.
I'd like to thank J.A. for sharing her book with us today. And thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!